Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and the blessing of this day, for this place of refuge, this place of warmth and security, this place, Lord God, where we can hear your word and we can encourage one another in our faith, Lord, and where your, where your spirit burns so strongly. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather and worship you today. And we pray that as we move into this time of the sermon that you would calm and quiet our restless hearts, that you would allow our minds, Lord, to hear your word and to comprehend it, and may it be written upon our hearts. Lord God, please give me your words to speak to your people and knit us together as your body in Christ. And we pray this in his holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so great to see you all today. Well, uh, as all of us know, we've just passed one of the feast days of the church year, Halloween. Right? You all celebrated, right? With a strong religious ceremony, wasn't it? With your evening vespers to, to bring in the next day. Actually, Halloween is one of those things, right? We don't typically call it Halloween in the church. We call it All Hallows Eve, right? And then the next day is... Anyone know? All Saints Day. That's right. And what are we, what are we remembering on All Saints Day? What's the point of that day? Gary's <laughs> birthday. That's absolutely right. That is the deep profound meaning of it. For millennia, they've been enjoying Gary's birthday on that day. Uh, no, what other purpose does it have, All Saints Day? To remember the saints, right? You know, in different church qualify that in different ways, right? The Catholic Church is very clear about their definition of it. Um, most Protestant churches are a little looser on that definition. And then the day after All Saints Day is All Souls Day, right? All Souls Day. And that's where we remember all faithful Christians who have died in the Lord. Right? So these three days, these three days, they're called, uh, sometimes referred to as all hollowed tide, in one word, all hollowed tide. Kind of a cool word to throw out there, if you want to sound smart. Now, since many of us only really think about one of those days, let's talk about Halloween for a little bit, okay? Because I think Halloween reveals to us some important principles that we are, that are going to speak to us in our passage from today from Ephesians. Um, so if Halloween, if we consider it like a feast day, um, what would be the sacrament of how it's often practiced in our world today? Candy. Candy. Candy, exactly, right? Candy, right? And that bag that the candy is in would be the vessel, right? And uh, so when you are a kid and you go out there to collect your candy, are you taking a lackadaisical kind of Sunday walk approach to it? No. no. Right? How do you get from house to house? Why do you run? As much as you can, as soon as you can, right? Because every step, every moment delayed is a moment less of candy appropriation, right? And so you go there, you get passionate, you go from house to house, knocking on doors, ringing doorbells, and what happens when you get to the door? Say to retreat, that's right, and there's the obligatory comments on the outfits, right? Like, oh, who are you, Mighty Mouse, or whatever. And so you have that exchange, they give you the candy, and then you go. And then sometime, inevitably, during the night, you're going between houses and you hear a group of kids say, you got to get to this house two blocks up. Right? And why is that? Full-size candy bars. That's right. They give out full-size candy bars, as though you needed more at that point, right? 
And so you rush up there to get what you want, right? Eventually, though, unfortunately, uh, once you've filled your bag and done this for years and years and years, you time out, right? You get kind of too old to do this until, until you take your own kids or somebody else's kids or grandkids or whatever, right? And you go. Now, surprisingly, I think that in Christians, uh, in our Christian faith, we also have this same idea of a trick-or-treat bag inside of each and every one of us, right? I think Halloween certainly has a lot of, like, non-Christian elements to it. We can agree with that, right? But um, this idea of that bag that is filled up by, by someone else is an important principle that I think is true in the church, and it's something that I believe that Paul is referring to at least tangentially, in his letter to the church in Ephesus. Right in this passage, I think it might be helpful for us to trace through the ways this bag gets filled up. And the way this bag gets filled up by God is not by him putting candy in it, right? It's by him pouring blessings into our life. And that's what Paul is speaking about here in our, in our passage from Ephesians. And he starts off very quickly Enlisting the blessings. Oh, I gotta empty my bag. So I have room to put stuff in, you know? Okay, so the first thing he says is In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will. The first blessing in this bag is an inheritance. Now, for most of us, an inheritance in this world is probably not going to be super massive, right? There's not many of us who are heirs and heiresses to, like, a kingdom or a nation or even a city-state. <laughs> or even a bunch of money, right? Or, like, Scrooge McDuck is not our, like, relative. You know, we're not going to get something massive, probably, right? You might get a bunch of china and some silverware or something or... Um, I don't know, tablecloths or something, you know, but for most of us, inheritance is probably not a huge thing. But when we think about this principle here, as Paul expresses it, is there is an inheritance in Christ. Now think about Jesus for a second. In who is his dad? God, right? God the who? God the Father. That's a good hint, right? God the Father. And God the Father, what does God the Father own? What was that? Everything. Everything. And so if we're getting an inheritance through Jesus Christ, which is coming from God the Father, what are we getting? Everything. Everything. It's all coming our way. And so we're going to put some Skittles in our little bag to symbolize that everything, right? Because Skittles are like that rainbow, rainbow of fruit flavors or whatever they are. And so taste, kiss the rainbow. There you go. Everything. A little bit of everything in there. That's what God puts in our bag, right? Everything. The God of the universe who controls and owns everything pours it into us in eternal life and in ruling with him in eternal life and celebrating and enjoying his creation and worshiping forever, for him forever. He puts it all into our bag, right? Not a bad start there, is it? Right? You started with an inheritance. That's a good way to start. Next, we're told that one of the benefits of this is that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. 
Now, at first, that might seem just kind of like a description, and there might not be any blessings wrapped up in there. It, you know, kind of like one of those Halloween candies that just is like fills up volume in your bag, but you don't really, you're not excited about eating it. You know, like maybe like the... Uh, I love gobstoppers. I was thinking more of like, you know, remember those wax vampire teeth we used to get? Right? And you would... I just learned you weren't supposed to eat those. I don't even know where that went, all, that, all those I ate in the past. Those are oh, gross. They taste horrible. Okay. Um, but when we get deeper into it, we see that Paul is telling us that when we have set our hope on Christ, we get to live... For the praise and glory of God. When we set our hope on Christ, everything is transformed. Our lives are changed so that our living gives praise to God. The focus shifts off of us and on to God. Is that a blessing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, to have everything in our life, all our actions, all our words, all our thoughts, change from just being self-serving, narcissistic things to being something that serves God. That is a blessing. We'll put some starburst in for that. Next, Paul tells us that in him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. In this one line are several important things for us to, to cover. First, the act of hearing means that someone was speaking to us about Jesus. Right? Someone was sharing the good news. Someone was sharing hope with us. Someone was stepping out of their comfort zone and reaching out into our lives in compassion and in love to share that message. Is that a blessing? Yeah, it's a blessing. We'll put a warhead in there, extreme sour apple. Your dentist wants you to eat these. The next thing was that in that hearing, by the grace of God, we, we were led to faith. Right? We were led to faith. We believed. And that belief, we didn't churn it up just from inside of us. God blessed us with that belief. He gave us that blessing. So we'll put a lollipop in there. And then there's a third element to this statement. That is, there is given to us the seal of the Holy Spirit. The mark of the Spirit reveals that we are owned by God. We are His. We are His. Just like when we um, covenant with our spouse, right? We give a ring to each other, and that's an outward sign that we belong to someone else, right? We are theirs, they are ours. In the same way, when God puts his mark on us, the Holy Spirit, through baptism and faith in him, we are marked as his forever. We are his. And the presence of the Spirit on us shouts that out loud to the world, that we belong to God. And is that a blessing? Oh, yeah. We'll give it a Hershey's for that one. And this is a good one because it's in a glow-in-the-dark wrapper. So it won't get lost in the dark, just like you and I will. 
We are then brought back to that same theme of inheritance again. Paul returns us to it. There's a very circular element to this first paragraph. And it turns out that the Spirit is not merely important for one part of our spiritual life, but all parts. The Spirit permeates all elements of this. In some sense, the Spirit could be like the bag that holds us all together. But the Spirit could also be, in this particular bag, the dum-dums, which appear everywhere, right? Every time you get a bag of candy, you've got one candy that's kind of like the substrate, you know, and then other ones are like the little nuggets in it. Like in this bag, it's these lollipops, and that's the Holy Spirit. He is there all around anything. You can't find another piece of it without seeing the Holy Spirit. And that as well is true for us. So we'll put some of these in there, some of these lollipops. Then Paul prays for the church, right? He prays for the church, and he prays more blessings upon the Christians, more blessings. Like, we've already, he's already told us what we have, and now he's praying for more. He's praying for more abundance in our lives. And he says that the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. Are those blessings? Yeah, they are. Wisdom and revelation. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, would that be a blessing if that happened? To have your heart eyes enlightened? Yeah. Absolutely. Wouldn't you love to do that? To do that? Mr. Goodbar. You may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Hope to which he has called you. That's a blessing there, sitting off in the future. That blessing of the hope of eternal life with God. The hope of being a part of the new creation, no longer bound by sin and death and pain. No, this new hope in him. That's another blessing. And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? Does that sound like blessing language to you? Riches of a glorious inheritance. You got that inheritance coming in again? We're going to throw a bunch in there for that. Right? Because we are filled with riches and a glorious inheritance from God. Now, when you hear riches, um, I'm not saying that when you become a Christian, you should go home and check your bank account and see what God put in there because of your faith. Right? Is that what he's talking about? Is he saying if you believe in Jesus, then you'll be wealthy? And healthy and wise. No, that's not, that's not the promise. Rather, this is the riches that God pours into our life, which can be seen in what ways? What kind of ways does God bless us with riches? What's that? Fellowship. Fellowship? Yeah. Family. Peace. Peace. Peace? Yeah. Anything else? Compassion. Compassion? Any other blessings we should put in there for that under this riches? Yeah. Love? Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, God just surrounds us with this stuff, doesn't he? We're just bathing in it. And so often we just kind of go through life thinking like, oh, I hope God does something good for me soon. Right? When in reality, we're just surrounded by it. We're in the soup of God's love and compassion and blessing and richness. And as a final bonus, he tells us, 
and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. As a final thing, Paul tells us that there is an immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. Now, how far does immeasurable go? Is immeasurable, right? It's one of those words that defies definition because there is no measure. There's no limit to it. And so when we think about immeasurable, we can take everything else on this table and we can put it in there, right? And more. The immeasurable nature of God's grace and mercy and love and blessing for us is such that as we would take a handful of it to put it in there, there would be another handful there on the table. We would take that and whatever we had taken would be replenished. It was like a spring. You know, if you come to a spring and you take a cup of water out of it, what does the spring continue to do? Yeah, it just flows. It just flows. That's what God does. That's how his blessings work. It's not like those houses you go up to and they say, okay, here's one little thing. It's not like those houses when you're trick-or-treating that you go up to that say, okay, here's a handful. It's not even like those houses you go to later in the evening when they've shut their door and they put their candy bag on their porch and it says, take what you want, right? Because what happens if you take what you want? The bowl is empty, right? The bowl is empty. No, God's grace and God's blessing that he is pouring into our hearts is different than that because it never runs out. It just continues to fill and to fill and to fill us. That's the blessing of God. That's how it works. He is not a God of scarcity. He is a God of abundance. And Paul in this passage from Ephesians is reminding us of just how abundant our life is in him. As we think about All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve and All Souls Day, the idea is not one that we are in this world alone and we just need to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and go out there and do it. No, God has filled us with everything. He has poured his blessing into us, and that blessing continues to pour in day after day. The more we receive, the more we give out, the more we receive. Now, the cool thing about this blessing is that opposed to this bag of, as opposed to this bag of candy, um, we don't just gobble them up and feel sick the next day. Right? Or gobble them up and feel sick and gobble them up and feel sick and gobble them up and feel sick. It doesn't work like that, right? In our Christian lives, we don't just sit under our bed with our bag of candy hoping mom won't find us, right? Eating away. And then we have to wait a whole year for that event to roll back around again so we can fill our bag up again. No, these promises that God has given us, these blessings he has poured into our life, they are ours forever and for all eternity and God will continue to replenish them. Forever. They are God's free gift to us from His love and His mercy. And that gift was purchased at a high cost. Jesus Christ offered Himself up so that you and I could have our bags filled, so that you and I could be filled with His blessings. And all we need to do to receive this full bag is to put our trust in God, to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to confess that on our own we have fallen short and we need, we need hope to come from elsewhere. We need to be forgiven. 
and we need to be redeemed. And when we turn to God like that, He always responds. Always responds. The beautiful thing about this is once we've been filled with this bag, once we've been filled with these blessings, we then have the opportunity to go out and to share. Because really it is like our mothers tell us this candy bag is supposed to be, right? This is not just for me, is it? I'm supposed to share it with others. I'm supposed to share it. And in the same way in our Christian life, when we have been filled up with God, the call is to go out and to share, to be a blessing in the world, to be kind, compassionate, merciful, loving, faithful, honest, um, grace-filled. By the grace of God and by his blessing and provision, may he give us the strength to do this, both now and for all eternity. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for being the God of grace and mercy, the one who takes us broken people and who redeems us and offers us hope and new life and new meaning and new purpose in you. We pray, Lord God, that you would um, speak to us here during this service and reveal yourself profoundly. Lord God, in this world, it's so easy to get caught up in the way the world works and to just kind of do things and go along with the flow. But we pray that you would give us this brief respite. And during this respite, may you transform our lives. That every day from here on out, Lord, would be lived with a new focus on you. A new desire to serve you. A new desire to speak up, Lord. Um, and to be people of love and mercy and compassion. And we pray, Lord God that you would bless us as we do this and continue to fill us up day after day. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.